welcome to Sip and Spin with Luke and Andy. everybody welcome to another episode of sip and spin with luke and andy as always i am andy and with me i have my best friend luke what's up hey what's going on buddy same old shit same old shit same old shit ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, what just, a depressing yeah. way for me to start the episode yeah it's terrible terrible same old bullshit how well, what's know. up with you <laughs> let's just sit here and complain about our lives for the next uh, hour and a half uh, that's fun right that's fun to listen to it is fun to listen to i think so but we won't <laughs> I mean, do that we would enjoy it nobody else would we we drink those problems away <laughs> So I I think that's 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 what we should do today is drink those mm-hmm, problems mm-hmm. away and help you find listeners drink your problems away. Right. Because that's a healthy away. way to cope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drink your problems away and uh and listen to music and yeah. escape reality for for a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So Andy, what are we talking about today? So this this episode, we are going to talk about an artist. Uh, we're doing our, this is our, officially, I guess, our second synth artist, mm-hmm. um, fully synth electronic music. And uh, the artist we're talking about today goes by the name of Com Trues. It's <laughs> a great name. Com <laughs> Trues. And the and- album... We're going to talk about is Persuasion System, which is from 2019, I believe. Yep. 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 Yeah, pre and, uh, pre pre end times. Pre end times, yes. Pre apocalypse. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so the last the last synth uh, artist we talked about was a little bit more of a band, right? Uh, and so that was the Midnight, uh, and. Yep. Uh, so they they've got a couple people that are in that group and and then they tour as more of like a full band and everything. Um right. but but Com Truce is is really just kind of like a solo artist uh yep. kind of doing his own thing and even when he tours and stuff like that he just kind of does he does everything himself essentially like just like a DJ. Um He's a he's a good boy. He's a <laughs> he's a jack of all trades. Yeah. He's he seems like a sweet boy. He does seem like a sweet boy. <laughs> He'll never listen to this, but if if he does, Seth, he, you seem like a sweet boy. He's a he's a burly teddy bear of a of a man. <laughs> well, now you're talking. Now now you're now you're now you're talking about me. Oh, nope. Oh, you used to be. I guess. Sl- slim they, daddy. Oh, slim daddy now. Old string bean. Um, so anyway, that's, that's the spin, um, which we'll get into, but first mm-hmm. we got to do the sips and I have had plenty yep. of them already, but, mm-hmm. uh, what, what are we, what are we sipping with this episode, Mr. Luke? Uh, yeah. So let's step into the cock shop here. <laughs> the cock so tonight, shop. <laughs> uh. Tonight we have, uh, 
we have a classic, classic cocktail night. Um, one that uh, I feel like is a very divisive uh, cocktail, like kind mm-hmm. of like love it or hate it type of cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of like different uh, different preferences. It's one of those cocktails that is very customizable. And yeah. um, and so people are have they if you like if you like this type of drink, you have you most likely have a very specific way in which you would order it when you go to a bar. Yeah, um, definitely. So that cocktail is the martini. The martini. Yeah. The martini. It is incredibly divisive. That's for sure. It yeah. might also yeah. be. Would you? I mean, I might say, as more of a layman than you, that. It's the most famous cocktail. Yeah, yeah, I would say aside from like the old fashioned. I mean, like old fashioned Negroni, Manhattan. I'd, I mean, martinis up there and easily in the top top five most famous uh, cocktails. I think of all time. Um, I would. I'm and, just thinking in terms of like people who have never had a cocktail before. Right. They're gonna know what a martini is. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And they might they might think they know what a martini is. <laughs> um, like they might think they know like they they might have an I think they could have a good idea of like the what like they would summon up an image in their mind mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would be some mo- mostly accurate. You know what I mean? Like it's in a st- it's in a stemmed glass, you know. Right. Um, and it's usually clear, you know, uh, right. but. But yeah, yeah, I would say that that's 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 correct. It, it's definitely, yeah, probably easily one of the probably top, probably in the top two most well-known cocktails, you know. Um, but uh, so yeah, the martini is, it's I don't know, it's one of those cocktails that I personally do not care for. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't care tried, for it either. I can I can tell you. Yeah, that. I've tried a I've tried some variations on it, and um, and I'm just I don't know. It just doesn't it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Um, but that's you know that's my own personal preference. Everybody likes different things, and and so I don't want to just talk about things like on this show. I don't want to just talk about things that I like. Right. I want to kind of I want to do a nice variety, both in in terms of uh, I mean. For music, we're probably mostly going to be stick to, sticking to things that we personally enjoy. But there's still well, gonna we're not going to listen. We're going to we're not going to listen to garbage music, right? Right. Speaking of which, uh, garbage is releasing a new album here in the next few <laughs> next few months. Seriously? Shirley Manson. Shirley Manson will be on the show in <laughs> June. Are they really releasing a new album? Yes. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. But no, we're not going to listen to garbage music, and and um, we don't. No offense to the band Garbage, um, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, for this show, I want to, I want to kind of challenge myself and and kind of step outside of my comfort zone sometimes, um, and do things that I, I wouldn't normally do for myself, and work with things that I wouldn't normally, you know, choose to just make for myself, um. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the fun of, you know, you learn that way. And, and if you learn that you don't like something, then you're still learning something. <laughs> um, right. And uh, I, hey, I, I tried Brussels sprouts for the third time like a week or two ago and was like, 
I love these. Yeah, Brussels sprouts that, are great. And that never happened to me before. Why? I, the, the other times yeah. I've tried to make them, they turned out bad, and I was like, you know what? I don't really like Brussels sprouts. And then I made them again like a week ago. Love them. They were great. Yeah. Made them like three times since then. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Brussels sprouts, and it's one of those like foods growing up that like just had this like really bad rap. Like it was just like the worst. <laughs> it was like the worst thing you could possibly be. Yeah, be given to eat for you know dinner, and and now yeah, I, I love them. Um, and and it just goes to show that even though you're old as shit, you can uh, still learn to like something new. Yeah, absolutely. Same way absolutely. with the martini, which neither of us like <laughs> to this day. <laughs> I didn't Even like martinis as a kid, and I don't like them now. But <laughs> my, when um, I had my first martini when I was six, I did not like it, <laughs> and I still um, don't. <laughs> so yeah, so the martini. So a little bit about a little on the history of the martini. Uh, it's another one of those cocktails that uh, nobody's quite sure. And there's you know there's a couple stories floating around, but I think that's been every cocktail that we yeah talked every about cocktail so. Far. so there are a couple of stories about where this, you know, came from. It it does seem to have been invented or popularized at least sometime between the late 1840s and the 1860s. Um, so it's definitely, you know, definitely an earlier earlier cocktail. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of the other drinks we've talked about in past episodes and stuff like that. Um, you know, some of the earliest ones fall around like the 1850s, between the 1850s and 1880s. So this is definitely uh, an, an earlier, one of those earlier cocktails that kind of came about. Um, so they're not sure of the exact kind of, you know, date, but it was, it was around that time, 1840s to 1860s. And it was definitely in California. Um, definitely? Yeah, pretty certainly in, in California. The, the, the two main stories that I came across, uh, one of them... One of them suggests that it evolved from another cocktail, which was actually called the Martinez. That's a different cocktail. The um, Martinez. The Martinez, I believe. That, <laughs> and that's actually a pretty classic cocktail, too. I mean, that, that, I think that, I mean, if, if it evolved from, if they're saying that the Martini evolved from the Mar- Martinez, then obviously the Martinez came first. What, and What the hell is a Martini? Um, I mean, a Martinez. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I meant to, to look that up and write it down. I know, I'm pretty sure it's like... It's like old Tom Gin, which I think we talked about in a past episode, did, which is yeah. just kind of like a sweeter kind of variation on a gin. OTG. And it, but then it has sweet vermouth instead of like, you know, dry vermouth. So, um, so yeah, well, typical uh, martini. It already sounds better. <laughs> so a typical martini is, uh, is, is well, the, this kind of what has become the standard ratio is like two ounces of gin an ounce of dry vermouth, and then um, typically like a, a, a dash or two of like orange bitters, and then you know you express a lemon peel over the over the drink and and garnish on the edge of the glass. Um, that's kind of your standard. That has become kind of the standard uh, recipe for for a um, for a martini. But again, and, like and I, I don't know earlier, if I don't know if any of our listeners have ever tried dry vermouth. So yeah, dry. So vermouth is. But um, oh boy, so vermouth is interesting, uh, and and it's so vermouth is also one of those things that, and this is probably why I'm not really a huge fan of of martinis. I'm not the biggest fan of vermouth. Um, it, it's an aromatized wine, mm-hmm. and so 
you have dry vermouth, you have sweet vermouth. Dry vermouth is, is you got, clear. You got your dry vermouths, you got your sweet vermouths, you got your dry vermouth flarenums. <laughs> dry vermouth. You got your corduroy flarenums. <laughs> so so it's pretty self explanatory. Dry vermouth is dry, sweet vermouth is sweet. Um and they look vastly different as well. You know, dry vermouth is, is relatively clear and um and Sweet vermouth is has is, is more of like an amber reddish kind of mm-hmm. color, um, a little syrupy. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are a little like like my preferred sweet vermouth is a little uh, a little more viscous, a little got, got a little more viscosity. Carpano um, antica. Carpano antica. Yeah, exactly. Um, I so, listen to you when you when you talk. You do. You I'm do the listen. only one that's listening, but I listen. I know. To you. I appreciate. I appreciate that. I really do. Somebody's. I'm picking listening. up. I'm, I'm picking up a thing or two. <laughs> um. And so, so yeah, that's a, that's a very brief summation of what vermouth is. I could go into more detail, but to be honest, I don't want to. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not super prepared to get like really in depth with what vermouth is. Maybe on another episode. Maybe we'll do like a a vermouth cock, like a straight up vermouth cocktail, where the vermouth is the is the base. We'll do that sometime. I'm sure. Sounds. I'm sure sounds I'll get awful. so desperate to come up with original cocktails <laughs> that, I'll, <laughs> that I'll I'll resort to vermouth. Um, What's the but, cocktail this week? Ah, oh, fuck. I don't know. Fucking don't know. sweet just, vermouth and lemon juice. I don't know. Just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> just drink it. <laughs> Stop bothering me. Um, just shut up and drink it. Shut up so, and drink your sweet vermouth cocktail. <laughs> just just chugging sweet vermouth out of the bottle. Um, so I could be so lucky. I could be so. Lucky. Um, but uh, yeah. So there's a couple. The couple. There's a couple stories. So one story is like it evolved from the Martinez cocktail. Um, and was was served in like the 1860s at the Occidental Hotel in San Francisco, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, like a place that people would frequent before taking like an evening ferry to the nearby town of Martinez, California. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the other story is actually <laughs> so the I went on I went on the web the website the official website for the town of Martinez, California. And they have they have staked claim as the birthplace of the martini on oh, their damn. official website. And uh, the story goes is that so it's, it's during the gold rush in the late eighteen hundred or late eighteen forties, like eighteen forty nine. Some miner strikes it rich. And on his way back to San Francisco, he stops at the first large town on the way, which is Martinez. Of course. And he's in, <laughs> he's in a good mood. He's in, you know, he's in a celebratory mood, and he stops in at a local bar, and he asks for some champagne, but they're out of champagne. So the bartender says, well, I'll make you, I'll make you something. So he, he, you know, passes over this drink to him, and he's like, this, I call it the Martinez special. <laughs> <laughs> so and, so let me let me just let me just let me just paraphrase what's happening here. This is a a miner who is presumably already drunk shows up <laughs> in this bar where all the people in the town are probably already drunk. And he goes to the bar and the bartender who is absolutely drunk just starts throwing <laughs> some shit together in a bathtub and says I call this the Martinez special. 
and charges him three lumps of gold. For lumps the whole, of gold. The whole tub. Just takes a piss in a glass and says, I call this the Martinez <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. So that's accurate. Like, this, is the, this is the Martinez special. Drink it, you crotchety old miner. And uh, and you and I are picturing this miner in the exact same way. I know we are. Oh yeah, he's got yeah. a flipped up. He's got a he's got a floppy yep. hat with a flipped up front. He's got mm-hmm. bib overalls on. I think I, I might think only, I'm just he's pic- got a big I think white I'm just, beard. I think I'm just picturing. The the minor character from Toy Story Two, voiced yep. by Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> we both are. We both are. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! It's um, it's better that than Minor Forty Nine er from Scooby Doo, but Minor Forty Nine er. What was the it's, miner's it's a, name in Toy Story Two, by the way? Uh, Do you recall? Uh, stinky. Stinky. Stinky Pete. Yeah. Was yeah. it Stinky Pete? It was something like Holy that. Holy yeah. shit. This is totally Stinky Pete that ordered this Martinez special. Um yep. so Yep. In a bar so in a bar full of normal human beings. It was a it was a cartoon character. Right. They walked into a bar <laughs> full of people. <laughs> um so old Stinky Pete takes a sip of the Martinez special and he's like, It's pr- it's pretty fucking good. It's not champagne, <laughs> but it's pretty good. And, it's uh, not champagne. <laughs> and so it's fucking piss wine and 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 swill vodka mixed together, but it's so, pretty, it's pretty good. So he he's drunk and he's apparently rich, at least for the time being. And so he he orders a whole round for the bar. And uh, some sometime later, whenever he wakes up from his drunken stupor, he continues on to San Francisco, and upon. Reaching San Francisco, he's already fucking thirsty again, so he goes to another bar. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to a bar in San Francisco, and he, he orders the fucking Martinez special there, and they're like, what the fuck is a Martinez special? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so he has to fucking tell them what it is. And what he was told at, at the bar in Martinez was that it was one part uh, very dry French white wine. And three parts gin, stirred with ice and and garnished with an olive, and that and and he told the bartender in San Francisco, he told him this, and then he was like, and it was made at a bar in, in Martinez, so the bartender makes it. Apparently, he likes it, and presumably he starts making the drink for friends and customers. And mm. I, I think kind of what happened was that over time. The cocktail became erroneously referred to as a martini instead of a Martinez. Mm-hmm. Like martini, Martinez kind of sounds similar. And if someone mispronounced it and, and then it just kind of got passed along there, like, and I think that's, that's kind of what, that's a story of how that, how that came about. But who knows? It's like it's a, it's like true. a two century game of telephone. Yeah. Purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> Purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's 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 one of the stories. Who knows if it's true? But it's a it's a it's a colorful little story, I guess. It's fun enough. Um, Stinky Pete <clears throat> thinks so. Stinky Pete, the prospector. Wonder what, wonder what happened, to old Stinky Pete. Got sold to Japan. Got sold, sold to Japan. Businessman in Japan. <laughs> um, oh no 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 no! He uh, he uh, he fell off the. Uh, the uh, the baggage claim and and a little girl found him and took him home. 
played with them. Oh yeah, right. Toy Story Two. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Um. So fast forward to 1920s Prohibition area. Area. Prohibition area. era. Uh, the Martini. At that point, I mean, so it, it, I think it did become pretty popular during that time. Um, and uh, because well, for one of the reasons was that apparently a bootleg gin was pretty easy to manufacture. The old <laughs> and, bathtub uh, gin. Yeah, a little bathtub gin action. And so um, that that kind of led to the martini's prominence in, in, mm. the, in you know, kind of the speakeasy scene. I've already attested to the fact that you and I would have would have absolutely been the old weirdos getting caught at the at the um speakeasies. So. <laughs> we don't need to go into that again. <laughs> but yeah, so with the, with the repeal of prohibition uh and and then, you know, you had more actual quality gin being available, at that point the um uh, the ratio for the the kind of standard ratio for, for the martini uh kind of was really kind of came to that's when that kind of came to prominence um because before that they were probably making a little more a little more of a wet a little more wet martini um right. <laughs> but with with the good quality gin kind of coming back into the picture after prohibition um the the cocktail became progressively drier um, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of now the standard, the standard kind of cocktail recipe. There is two parts, two parts, gin, one part dry vermouth with a couple dashes of Angostura or not Angostura, but, uh, orange bitters. Yeah. Um, but then in the seventies and eighties, the martini kind of, it, it, it kind of came to be seen as old fashioned and too, too simple of a cocktail. Um, and yeah, there was a weird period there. I don't know if it was like in the eighties or partially in the nineties where there was just like a lot of like really just shitty, uh, spirits being made and shitty kind of mixers, like cheap artificial, uh, mixers being made. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too, <laughs> I don't want to get too in the weeds, but that's the, yeah, that's the, the baby boomer effect where it was like, you know, those people were reaching their thirties and forties in the, in the eighties and nineties and they wanted everything fast and now, and yeah, give it to me, give it to me. It's mine. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the quality, quality absolutely lost out over accessibility to an extent. So, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of these things like craft beer and cocktails and, and some of this stuff has started to see a revival in the last yeah. 10, 15 years because, you know, our generation and, and um, maybe a little bit, uh, you know, the Gen X generation before us is like, yeah, no, we, we, we want things that are good. We don't just want it right. because we can have it. We right. also want it to be good. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, if, I don't know exactly, um, you know what the kind of what the kind of uh the the date range or whatever it was but it was around like the the late 90s and early 2000s when that when that rolled around there was a significant change there in, in how cocktails and stuff were viewed um and you know there was just more of, of, of a focus on quality ingredients and and mm. they also looked back to more of the 
the classic cocktails and realized, oh, these were good for a reason. Um, and, and so there was kind of a return, a return to that, to that kind of, that kind of mindset and that kind of view of, of, of cocktails and, um, back to and, basics, you know, back to the basics. And, you know, I'm not, so I, you know, I'm not another thing, which we haven't really talked about, um, is, uh, so in coming up with the, the recipe this week for the cocktail, I, I wanted to do something different. So martini is something I normally wouldn't do, but on top of that, I, I wanted to do a spirit that I haven't talked about for any, any of the past episodes so far. Oh no. Um, and that's vodka. Oh no. So, (laughs) So yeah, so vodka is, um, that's another very divisive kind of, uh, that's a very divisive spirit too. There's people yeah, that love vodka. There's people that just fucking hate vodka. Um, well, one of the reasons is because it's garbage, but <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I don't mind vodka, but no, I mean the thing about the thing about vodka is, um, it is a very neutral spirit. So it is a hundred percent neutral. It's literally just it doesn't distilled really, ethanol. Yeah, it, it does not really add much in the way of flavor. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you have so many other spirits and liqueurs and different things to use that have all kinds of amazing, intricate, complex flavors, why would you why would you resort to vodka, you know? Right. That's kind of it's I, it's it's like it's like making a drink with water. I mean it, yeah, it's it's you're just bra- you're basically just bringing alcohol to the party is what you're doing. Right, like, you're not bringing. Exactly. You're really not bringing anything else. You're just bringing proof. <laughs> you know and, what I mean. And 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 I certainly am not one known to just bring alcohol to a party. <laughs> no, I bring pizzas and and <laughs> and uh, cakes. Cakes. Other things. I don't know. What do you bring to a party? Assorted pastries. Yeah, uh, I always I always bring booze. <laughs> whether it's I only bring booze. Whether it's whether it's beer or or spirits. Oh yeah, always. Oh yeah. Um, but so yeah, vodka is you know it's one of those things that you know I never ever use in in cocktails, but I have learned to like appreciate it for uh, a couple things. First of all, it's clarity. So mm-hmm. it's a very clear spirit, and yes, I know gin is is clear as well, and and but, um, but sometimes you know, like you know, sometimes it is very aesthetically pleasing to see like a perfectly crystal clear cocktail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing about uh about vodka, and I think this is the most important thing for me personally, at least, is that like because of its its lack of bold flavor actually can be seen as a as a good thing because mm-hmm. depending on what you mix with it uh whatever you mix with the vodka that flavor is going to be more prominent right. than if you were to mix it with any other spirit that has more of a flavor profile to it right um so you know there's there's things like, um, for example, like martini. You're talking about, you know, uh, your base spirit and then dry vermouth. 
dry vermouth has a fairly fairly delicate flavor profile. And right. so when, you know, gin, you know, a typical martini is gin, but with vodka, you're, you're going to taste more of the dry vermouth. Um, and, or if you use like, um, something like uh, a sherry, like a, a, a dry sherry, those are very delicately flavored as well. Yeah. That, that would kind of get lost with any other base spirit. But with vodka, it's allowed to kind of shine through and, and you really be, you're able to kind of taste that a little bit more. So that's kind of the, I've, you know, I've learned that that's kind of the, one of the nice things about, about a, a vodka, vodka base cocktail. Um, but my, so I did a, I did a martini riff and I was way outside of my comfort zone, comfort zone. <laughs> And, um, I was, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing because I, I, I decided to do a vodka martini, but instead of using, um, dry vermouth, I was going to use a, a dry sherry and mm. sherry has a whole, I'm not even going to get into sherry. Sherry has, sherry is kind of like vermouth, but even more complex. Um, my, my boys and I watched gremlins too the other day and there's a whole part in there with a cooking show where this woman is like, she's making this thing and she's like, what I love about this recipe is, is it's absolutely piquant with sherry. Piquant. And, she, and then she's like, she's like, some people use a little and she pours it in the recipe and she's like, I use a lot. And then she like <laughs> takes a huge swig of the sherry. <laughs> and so that was right before you told me that you were making really? this recipe. And That's so funny. when you said that, I was like, I was thinking to myself, this vodka, this vodka martini is going to be absolutely piquant with sherry. Piquant. Piquant. What is what does that mean? Piquant, like a like a kind of a nutty spiciness. Yeah, it, That's what I think. Yeah, of. Is yeah. It, I was thinking like almondy kind of nutty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I ended up I ended up using a manzanilla sherry, which mm-hmm. is a very mm-hmm. dry sherry. So if so, manzanilla or or fino sherry are they're almost completely like they're almost the same like you can easily if, if a recipe calls for manzanilla or a fino like you can use either one they're they're pretty interchangeable um and so it it's um, yeah sherry is kind of like it's very light it's very dry this this particular sherry the manzanilla sherry is very light very dry um and and so i so i did so my my cocktail i called uh is it Gaussian? Is that how you say that? Yeah, it's a tr- it's a track name uh, from from the album here that we're going to be talking about shortly. Um, uh, and so I ended up doing two ounces of vodka, an ounce of manzanilla sherry, a teaspoon of apricot liqueur, and a teaspoon Ooh. of honey syrup. Oh, um, so it's a very light, very delicately flavored cocktail. It's definitely not something I would normally drink. But I, I actually, it wasn't bad. I, I had to try it a couple. T- I had to do a couple variations on it, and I made a couple tweaks before I, I was like, "Okay, this is okay." Um, but the other thing I did was I I smoked the vodka. So smoke it. I I smoked. I poured I poured the two ounces of vodka in a glass, and then I smoked the glass using my. I have a, like this thing called a smoke top. You just put it over the top of a of a glass and then you you using like a culinary torch you you torch the 
little wood chips at the top and it, it kind of injects smoke into the glass. And so I poured the two ounces of vodka into the glass and then I, I infused it with the smoke, swirled it around to kind of incorporate it into the vodka. And then I mixed it with the, the sherry, the apricot liquor and the honey, stirred that with ice and, and then strained it into a chilled glass um, and expressed a lemon peel over the top. And it, it's, it's, it's a weird drink, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not unpleasant. Like it's, you know, it's kind of, it's di- very different, but, uh, you know, I think different I think is good. You, yeah. But it's not bad. Like it, it's definitely worth trying. Like I was like, I'm, I'm happy enough. Like, putting this recipe out in the world and if somebody makes it like they're not gonna like spit it out you know (laughs) just do a spit take um i'll be the judge of that but yeah the the thing about this cocktail is like is that it really lets the the sherry kind of shine like it really actually just kind of tastes like a it just tastes like the sherry like the Mm. apricot liqueur and the honey are very supportive flavors like they, they're flavors that are almost kind of hidden somewhere within the sherry itself. And so like, they just kind of amplify those flavors. So it really just kind of, you're just kind of lengthening like a glass of sherry and yeah. and, add, and adding proof to it, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. If you have those ingredients or you want to try it, go ahead. Or if you just want to make a martini, do that, do it with gin, do it with vodka, whatever you want. Um, yeah. I mean, if we're talking if we're talking tweaks on a martini, I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm not a huge martini guy, but I'm definitely a gin, and I'm definitely I, I I wouldn't go so far as to say I like a dirty martini, but I do like something that's got a little bit more of that, you know, to enhance that that dry you, flavor. Or something, you like the you, know, you like the savory, a, a little bit of a brininess to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed um, to like the uh, sweet and mm-hmm. uh, you know lemon peel flavors, right. The more the more citrusy, yeah, yeah, lemon um, peel flavors. <laughs> Why did I say that? Just garbage. It's just it's just a garbage cocktail. It's just lemon peels and dirty diapers and pizza crusts. Pizza crust. Just don't root. throw away your pizza crust, folks. <laughs> At it. least feed it to your dog. It's good for you. It's good for you, dog. Yeah, sounds good. Any other notes on your uh, cocktail? No, no, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, I like it. I will not be making one. I'm not gonna make that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I'll fucking. I'll tell you right now. I'll never make it again. But well, the nice thing is, the nice thing is with this whole thing is I get to be judicious, and you know, I get to listen to what you're like. Oh, this is what I made, and this is what I can. And I'm like, okay, I don't have that ingredient. I also right. know I don't like that ingredient, so I won't bother. Yeah, Whereas you, no. you know, I do appreciate the fact that you're exploring. You know that you are stepping outside right. what you typically would drink. And that's that's what a good, you know, uh, bartender would do is is say, you know, somebody orders, a, if somebody comes into your, your bar and orders a martini, you're <laughs> going to make them a good one whether you like it or not. Right, you right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to know, I mean, not that I'm a bartender, Um but I've certainly learned a lot here over the past, you know, couple of years, just kind of self-taught stuff and reading and whatnot. And, um, but you know, you, you do, you do kind of, it, it's good to know how to make a variety of drinks in case, you know, right. like if you have people over or whatever and oh, somebody yeah. wants something specific, you can, you know how to make it and you can do it. Um, yeah. but 
Yeah, I did go out and buy, like, thank God they have, like... So the other thing about Sherry is that that shit goes bad, like, super fast. It's like wine. Really? Yeah, so, like, um, so I I bought this 12-ounce bottle of Manzanilla Sherry, and I'm going to be dumping that by the end of the week cause <laughs> because it's just not going to be any good. Like, once you oh like, a, a dry Sherry like that... Like once you open it, it's good for like two or three days, and, and that's it. <laughs> it's good. Just um, drink it. Prick so some, <laughs> some of the like some of the other sherries, like 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 a PX sherry or a Oloroso sherry, those are like the PX sherry is like syrup. That shit's like maple syrup, and that will last. That will last quite a while. Um, it's very. It's super sweet. I mean, you can. I, I got a bottle of PX sherry, and that's. That's the most I've ever used of a bottle of sherry that I bought because like, yeah, you can, it, it'll, it'll, it stays good for a long time in the fridge and, uh, and it's like, it's like syrup. So you can use it almost like a, like you would like a, 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 a syrup. So on your pancakes. Yeah. Well, on your pancakes, sure. A little booze in your pancakes. By the way, yeah. it always has bothered me. I'm a, I'm a huge Fraser fan and it's always bothered me. That like Fraser's this like fucking hoity-toity uh, guy who knows all this shit about like wine, and he, him and Niles drink sherry all the time. He always like he always goes and you know like Niles comes into the apartment and he's like, oh sherry Niles, and he goes and gets like a like this like decanter of like a, a light colored sherry, <laughs> and <laughs> and and pours a glass, and it's like what? No, you don't. That's not you don't do that. Like if you open up a bottle of sherry, you put that in the fridge and it lasts for like three days. <laughs> so like that's always bothered me. Like as like specific and everything as they are on that show, and, and like how like he's so like you know uptight and anal and and literally he's... unwatchable. <laughs> what? I'll never watch it again because of Fraser. Oh yeah, right. No, you ruined that, it for me. Other than that, Fraser's a great show, but that's always bothered me. It is. Um, so anyways, moving on enough about, enough about Frasier, mm. enough about Sherry, enough about martini. It's never enough about Frasier. I know. I enough about that. the, enough about the martini. We're going to do a whole episode about, uh, about Frasier and the theme song, uh, scrambled eggs and salad, salad and just, scrambled eggs. Just egg. a whole episode, just about yeah. one song. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Um, <laughs> quite stylish. Um, they're calling again. <laughs> Good night, Seattle. We love you. Um, so calm trues, calm trues, sweet baby, calm trues, sweet baby, Seth Haley. He's a good boy. <laughs> he seems like a good boy. He does. He really does. I watched a couple interviews with him, and just very down yeah. to earth chill kind of guy um yeah so yeah his, yeah real name real name of seth haley yep and seth he was haley it's out there in, now born in new york and i think he lives in florida now um yeah hunt him down he's i think he's all five our, of our listeners if you can find him and, and get his autograph you find him he'll be in florida <laughs> i think he's uh i think he's around our age right like mid to late, he is. 30s. He's he's right around our age, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a cool little story. I mean, like he. So his 
first EP, I think he released in 2010, right? Cyanide Sisters? I think it was 2011, somewhere oh, in Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, Cyanide Sisters. Okay. Um, and, and that's th- the first one he released under the under the moniker Comtrues. He, right. he did he a, couple a couple projects under some other names yeah. before that. Saren Sunday System mm-hmm. and Airliner, I think, were a couple of the other pseudonyms yeah. he had. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, so he was, you know, when we, in the last episode, or last synth episode, we talked about the Midnight, and, and we talked about kind of the origins of synth, of, yeah. of kind of like the, the modern synth kind of uh, renaissance here that happened in and the last com- 10 years or so. And, and we completely fucking and, overlooked Seth. Yeah, we did. We we kind of left we kind of left oh. him out. We we overlooked a lot of people in that in in the generalizations we made in that episode, but he was definitely he's definitely one that, you know, is is from early on that we we could have mentioned. Yeah, I and and that's the thing. Like he was he was one of the the earlier kind of uh artists that appeared in the, in that scene um before mm-hmm. things really kind of took off and exploded um yeah you know we talked about uh the movie drive a lot in that episode and how that kind of uh sparked a you know a huge uh huge burst of uh Mm -hmm. of synth artists and music and and stuff like that and and but he was he was uh he was doing stuff right at that time of that release of that movie and and even even before so yeah i mean you know I was thinking about that, and and one of the things that I kind of considered in that is that, and this is this is probably going to lead us down a whole discussion, but he's not your typical artist that you think of when you think of this type of music. I know, I know what so you're he, going to talk about. Yeah, he 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 just so he doesn't he. He's his not, music. He's not nostalgic not, in the way exactly that a lot of other artists are. He doesn't hit those nostalgia vibes. So, hey. synthwave, retrowave, for the most part, is popular. In there's there's really two veins that it's popular. There's the there's the kind of pop um, aesthetic. Uh, that is kind of similar to the midnight that we talked about before, which would be like your groups like La Cassette, Christine. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe Gunship to some extent uh, is more of like a you know a dark a darker version of that. And then you've got more of your ambient kind of pseudo soundtrack. Uh, you know, like your uh, Carpenter Brute, your Laser Hawk. Right, uh, things like that that are kind of emulating like the old John Carpenter Vangelis soundtracks and your, um, you know, your video game soundtracks. And I guess Com Trues falls closer to, I mean, obviously he doesn't have any vocals, so he falls closer to the to the second category. There, he falls closer to your, you know, your soundtrack type category. Yeah, but his sound where some of these other sounds are like directly reminiscent of other artists from, you know, the eighties, his sound is not. Yeah. It it can be. I'm not saying that it's exclusively not nostalgic and and exclusively not retro, but overall 
his sound is far more modern. Yeah, and the, even the, though it draws on that. And the the interesting thing about that is like you know because I kind of picked up on that too, and then did a little more like digging and researching, and and saw that like he actually didn't have a lot of exposure to music growing up. And hmm. he was more of like outdoorsy and into sports and he grew up in like, you know, the country and he didn't get into music until much later in his life. And, um, and so, you know, he, he didn't, he doesn't seem to be as directly influenced by, you know, pop culture and, yeah. you know, uh, you know, movies of the movies of the eighties and nineties and things, which, you know, there's a whole, like you were talking about, there's a whole kind of uh, almost like subgenre of, of synth that is that yeah. ties directly in with that kind of stuff, yeah. that kind of nostalgic it, 80s, 90s kind of action movies, horror movies type thing. And he's just not, literally just people emulating Vangelis and, and right. John Carpenter. Right, I mean, right. emulating them, not yeah. just influenced by them, but emulating them. Right. And so it's kind of interesting because he had a he had it seems like it's from the sound of it he had a very different upbringing he wasn't exposed yeah. to a lot of that kind of stuff and that, so that explains kind of why his music is you know a, a little different in, yeah. in those terms um and but, and it's it's interesting too because well uh, the one thing is I, I some of the interviews I saw with him too is he he does now that you mentioned that he did you know with hindsight, looking back on what I watch, it does it strike me is the type he he's kind of strikes me as the type of guy that like, um, and I, and I've known a few people like this in my life that they find their their niche like way later, yeah. you know, as they get older, and it just like hits them like a ton of bricks, and to the point where they're just like that's all they do, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like. Like you and I, you know, when we were 12, 13, it was drawing and we drew. I remember you and I would draw like all the time. It was art was like huge. Yeah. And that slowly as we got older kind of faded away. Whereas there's some people it seems like that hits them later in life and it just like sticks. And he strikes me as that type of person where it's just like the music hit and it's stuck and he's just been doing it. And it's like it's it he, he just was kind of lucked out in that way. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, he he was pretty successful, like right away. Yeah. Um. So much so that, like, you know, he was working as like uh, he was working in an advertising agency, I think, and and I think he was doing like graphic design or something, and um, and he was working on his music too, and I think he released his EP, and then he had an opportunity to like go on tour. And he had to decide, like, do I like take a leave of absence or do I just quit? And he right. like talked to his he talked to his like supervisor and the guy and his supervisor was like, just do it, just <laughs> just go for it, you just know? Just go, and, yeah. You'll and, have there will be a job at some point somewhere, you know. Take the risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's what he said. He's like, he's like, you can always come back to this. He's like, but he said, like, ride the wave, ride the wave as yeah. long as the wave will take you, you know, and and so. Yeah. Um, you know, 10 years later, he's still riding that wave and he's, 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 he's still, you know, he's pretty successful. So that's, you know, that's cool. He's, I mean, he's definitely a success story there. Yeah. Um, Um, the thing is too, like, as far as his sound, um, 
the other thing I was going to say about the nostalgia factor in the synth wave. So you and I, we talked about in the last episode, you know, this is something we've been into now for probably close to a decade is, is synth wave, retro wave, yeah, all this, sure. all this music. And, and the genre, you know, is huge. It's very encompassing of a lot of different things. Um, Com Trues is the one and maybe only and definitely the first artist that falls somewhat into that genre that I have um that I have more than one, you know, I have at least maybe half a dozen friends who typically don't listen to that type of music who are familiar with Com Trues and it and and really? and like his music and you know and and follow him and and um and I don't know if it's because again the sound is not it's it's not it's not because it's distinctly nostalgic and not distinctly retro it's it's kind of a little bit different than that that it, yeah. that has pulled them in but it's yeah there's there's a handful of people and I can think of a number of names that um at least in one occasion like i was at their house and i was like we were listening to music and i i just like turned to them and was like is this fucking tom com trues and they're like yeah and i was like you know com trues and they're like yeah and i was like but you don't listen to anything else like this that i know of and they're like well i don't know i like this and i was like yeah okay cool (laughs) that's funny and uh and and even like and even was like oh have you ever heard blah 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 and they're like no and i'm like okay well you know, there's some other stuff you could check out if you wanted to, but I don't know if you like it. Um, yeah. and, 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 and maybe we'll get into this when we get into the tracks, but there are a couple times on this, on this album that, and, and other albums that I get a little bit of, you know, a vibes from like groups like Radiohead, you know, when Radiohead hmm. started to go like into more their electronic, uh, yeah. their electronic scene. Um, you know, I definitely get some vibes like that. Obviously, you know, he's got more, he's got more of the electronic, uh, I wouldn't say he, you know, EDM music, but he's definitely got more of a pulse on things like, you know, your daft punk and things like that, as opposed to, you know, somebody like a carpenter brute, who's more, you know, kind of pulling in from the nostalgia side. Um, Right. Right. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how, uh, you know, we're calling this our second synth episode, and and in a lot of ways he falls into that category. But in a lot of ways he also kind of and and this is one of the things I appreciate the most about him, and one of the reasons I lo- I really 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 like Com Truce is that he kind of breaks that mold in a lot of ways that uh, yeah it makes it enjoyable. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he definitely stands out among amongst the plethora of of you know synth artists and and groups yeah. and stuff like that. Um, be like be you know for for that reason that he's not directly directly emulating uh a lot of that kind of nostalgic sound um right and he's kind of doing his own thing and and definitely brings a little more originality to it um so yeah so persuasion system is um actually so that's the first album that he did that kind of is really outside of um he so he was doing uh from pretty much from his debut album his debut ep cyanide sisters mm-hmm. uh yep. all the way through until uh iteration right uh which is 2017 uh 
that was kind of like a a, a concept uh, a concept right. album concept piece where multi you, yeah multi album multi ep concept that was uh, kind of telling a story about this uh like a synthetic astronaut that was uh essentially like fell in love with this alien girl and was mm-hmm. escaping this like oppressed society and yeah and going off into space to kind of kind of make a life of their own in a different world and um and so it ended yeah what'd you say i, I was just gonna say it, it and it ended with iteration in in 2017 right supposedly and, and the only question i'm not sure of is his newest album in 2020 is is um oh yeah, is, yeah. uh indicate two indicate two and in which, and the, the first indicate was essentially right. leftover tracks from galactic melt which was his first lp right. That he so he so I yeah the the two made me question whether you know whether that actually ended with 2017's iteration or whether it, it continued through in decay too but yeah and I think um, I think I from know. the sound of it just from the titles alone so in decay was essentially like leftover tracks from Galactic Melt mm-hmm. um, that he compiled together and just released as a as an album and. So I have a feeling maybe Indicate 2 is leftover tracks from Iteration, possibly. I don't know. Um, I didn't didn't dive into that, but that that would make sense. Um, Or or it could be leftover tracks from... Persuasion System. From Persuasion System, exactly. Yeah, so... um, And and, and Iteration is... If you've heard of Comtrue's, Iteration is probably the album that you've heard of. It's maybe his most popular album, and it's it's an, a, a few songs on there have been featured on uh, a couple of them. I think have been featured on some TV shows or things, and um, uh, it's it's kind of made the rounds a little bit more. I think in terms of marketing and and uh, online reviews and things like that. But um, but it's also a great album too. I I love iteration. Yeah. Um. Yeah, persuasion system is. <clears throat> Apparently, it was originally meant to be an EP, um, mm. but he had enough tracks kind of together, and so you know this this being kind of like his first album after he kind of supposedly finished his his whole concept piece involving you know the story about the the um, the android astronaut. Um, so he he. He originally meant to do it as an EP because I think he kind of felt like EPs are are just a little easier to approach. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to worry yeah. about coming up with such a, you know, with a coming up with a full full length album, um, right? But he was kind of approaching things differently with this album than he had with other stuff, and so he, you know, I think I think this album is more a little more personal and I, and I think a little more immediate in terms of the tracks representing how he was currently feeling at the time when he wrote them. Yeah. And so I think he didn't want to like overthink it. And he was like, you know what, I've got this stuff. I've got these, these pieces and, and, and I'm just going to compile them all together and release it as an album. And whether you want to call it an EP or an LP or whatever, 
I'm just going to kind of throw it all out there and put it all out into the world. And, and because that's, you know, that's what he was feeling at the time when he, when, you know, when he wrote those and when he, he made those, recorded those tracks and stuff like that. So, um, that, so that is, you know, that's another thing that's kind of different about this album, you know, compared to some of his other, his other previous stuff. Yeah. And it's a, you could see that it kind of it kind of rides that line. It's only nine tracks. There's a couple of them. Yeah, it's pretty that are short. A little bit shorter. Um, it's only yeah, it's only like a half an hour long. Right. Um. So so yeah, you could definitely see it going uh, either one of those ways. Uh, the other thing about it um, that I really like and that I that I really like about him in general is, and and I didn't know this until this week, um. But I, I I own one of his EPs, and it's got a pretty cool uh, cover. And I don't remember which uh, which EP it is now. He's got a bunch of them. So that's one thing. That's one thing to mention. He's got a freaking prolific career for a decade. <laughs> I mean, he's got what probably a dozen EPs, maybe as many as fifteen. Does and he he's really? Got, oh shit. He's oh oh he's got all kinds of EPs, and he's got um. And then he's got five albums in ten years, so he's he's been putting out a lot of music. Um, but anyway, uh, if you if you look at his album covers, they're they're very cohesive, you know, as mm-hmm. far as yeah. design and things. And I'm like, man, I wonder who does who does these. And even if you go to like his merch shop, you know, his hats and his t-shirts and things like that, you know, they seem you know the designs are all really cool and and very similar from from piece to piece. And so I was trying to figure out who did it. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I'll go look at my EP and maybe it says on there. I couldn't find anything online. And sure enough, on the back, it says uh, W&P, written and produced by Seth Haley. And then right below that, it said it says designed by Seth Haley. So not only does he write and produce all the tracks, but he designs his own yeah. album art and album covers and they're there a lot of them are really freaking cool like yeah. i love the cover for galactic melt that's yeah it's just super simple and and super cool and and it's just very iconic looking um so so that's that's something that is uh is really interesting that he that he brings to the table too the cover for this one is is pretty cool as well uh, I think, you know, more than anything, it's kind of the color scheme of it. It's like the, you know, the blues and the greens that, that kind of make it stand out. It's kind of like a pixelated mm-hmm. 8-bit type of look. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so he's got, yeah, he's definitely got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of um, artistic ability in, in numerous ways that he, that he brings to this, which is, you know, we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, loving artists that have just really cool iconic covers and, and he's, you know, for everything he's doing, he's, he's got some for himself that he himself created. Right. And so, that, yeah. And that and you know, that's also just like, you know, looking at it from like, um, uh, you know, just a business standpoint and, and, you know, just financially for him that's great because he doesn't yeah. have to pay somebody to, you exactly. know to create artwork for him. he can do it himself and that's just another uh you know another way he can express uh himself and in his create and use his creativity and stuff like that and um you know not yeah and this you know just uh, just as an example you know like doing it just you know for uh, uh 
for me myself, like doing this podcast, it's it's great because I'm able to work with cocktails and kind of you know make yep. cocktails. But then I'm also able. It also gives me an excuse to do kind of somewhat creative photography, which is something I haven't had time or any real reason or excuse to do. Um, right. And so it's great when you can, yeah, when you when you can find something that uh, involves that where you can use multiple, you know, your multiple talents that you have or, or different things that you yeah. like to do and, and, and you can incorporate them in, into one kind of project and stuff like that. So that's, yeah, that's always yeah. very rewarding. And, and uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. Yeah. It's just like us, like you, you know, you, you, you make all the cocktails and take all the pictures and then, and then outside of our producer, Phil, you know, we've, we're, we're doing all the recording and all the editing. Um, and you know, I wrote the I wrote the intros for yeah, our exactly. for our two different intros. You know, it's yeah, it's, that's it's all about DIY. You know, and yeah. and and yeah, keeping costs low. And if you can do it, do it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool because like it, you know, before we even, um, I think it was before we even recorded our first episode, or not long after, I kind of came up with the logo created the logo yeah. for for our instagram and for her podcast and then you ended up coming up with you know the music for the intro and, and the ditty um the ditty um and Old so yeah ditty. you came up with that and um and yeah it's just great and then you do all yeah you do all the uh the editing for the actual podcast all the you know the audio editing and stuff like that so like yeah i feel like it's a good balance of like you know we're each kind of using our talents and different things that we have and, and that we like to do. And, and it definitely, you know, it's a good, it's definitely a good balance. Like, yeah, not, you know, we don't, neither one of us is doing, I would, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say that either one of us is doing more than the other, you know? like No, absolutely not. And that's, I think that's why it, it's, it's been and continues to be so much fun to do this is that it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like a job, you know? Right. I hope that's how it feels for Seth. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm absolutely sure of that. Um, well, the the I was going to switch gears here, but the thing I was going to say is <laughs> one thing I learned about this is is calm trues is what's called a spoonerism. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I've I do this all the time with my kids, where I like swap the first letter of two yeah. words. And I had no idea it was called a spoonerism. Spoonerism. So calm truths is spoonerism, obviously for for he who shall not be named. <laughs> oh jeez. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, oh god. There he is. Oh, there He's he here. is. <laughs> He's in your house. He's jumping on my couch. <laughs> oh my god. god. That was like it was like twenty years ago. Oh my god. Jesus Christ! Oh, how how embarrassing! Yeah. Like digging deep for that one. Think about that. Fucking grown ass man jumping up and down on fucking Oprah's couch. <laughs> what was that? Because of what was uh, did, who did who did he who is he like in a relationship at the time that made him? Katie jump? Holmes. Was it Katie he Holmes? Was all, yeah, it was it was he was all excited about. It. He was in a relationship oh with God. Katie Holmes and how. Yeah, t- yeah, she was gonna she was gonna join the Church of Scientology. Oh and, God. Uh, yeah, 
Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, persuasion I th- system. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I have many other notes for him in general. No, that about wraps um, it up one, for me too. Yeah, the one thing I was going to say is is his label is Ghostly, which mm-hmm. is actually the same label as another kind of genre-bending, uh, effect-heavy, synth-heavy um, artist uh, called Tycho that we'll mm-hmm. probably oh, talk yeah. about at some point. Um, yeah, love like Tycho. Another another super atmospheric. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't call him synth, but has a lot of uh, electronic and a lot of super heavy, super effects heavy guitar. Um, and we'll get around uh, to him at some point too. But oh, yeah, uh, Tycho's sure. great. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Tycho quite a bit. Um, yeah, so they're they're both on Ghostly, which is okay. An, an album I'm not super, or a, a label I'm not super familiar with, but they're both on there and. And they both have some they they have some great merchandise, both of them, and, and some great albums to check out. So actually, um, I'm thinking of like some of the Tycho covers, and they're a little similar. Oh, I feel like they're somewhat similar to to uh, to Tom Truza's stuff. Very yeah, like very simple co- geometric kind yeah. of cohesive geometric, and they yeah they all kind of like you know you see one and you're like oh I know who that is yeah. you know which is a great I mean that sort of brand recognition is just a great thing for an artist to be able to see an album cover and be like, Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I think, I think like a lot of the Tycho covers, it it has some variation on like a circular kind of, yeah. Uh, graphic, you know, front and center, you know, right there Mm -hmm. in, in, on the cover. Um, but yeah, that did, that just, that did just kind of remain. Cause I, I know I own, I do own, uh, I think I own, uh, I'm pulling pulling names out of my arsehole t- t- titles out of my ace, but um, I think pulling, it's, I, pulling <laughs> I'm pulling these titles out of my out of my Tyco Tyco. Um, I think I own. I think it's called Eclipse. I don't know. I could be wrong. Dark probably like a dark are. red and black cover. I don't know. Anyways, we'll get around to doing an episode. We well, just said they sure. all look the same. It's not going <laughs> to describing. It's not going to help. Well, I mean, they're different, but they do have the sort, you know, they have that circular yeah. kind of yeah, cheap, you know, Im- Im- imagery there on the cover. But, um, so persuasion system, um, persuasion system. So, uh, you know, I know, I know, you know, when we kind of get into this portion of the, the podcast, we're, we do start to get a little redundant talking about the tracks and stuff like that. Um, I, I have, I have four tracks here that I, I am, I am a big fan of. Um, and so, you know, I, I will just kind of go and I don't know how many you want to really talk about, but, um, but I think go I'm, for it. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, we're going to have some, that... I have, I have nine tracks I want to talk about. <laughs> Oh shit! Well then, you better start. You better start. Shit. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so one of the, for whatever reason, um, one of my favorite tracks on this album is is Gaussian. Um, yeah, which is it's a great one. One of the shortest tracks. Um, and it's like it's thir- it's super simple. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's very moody. It's very evocative. Um, it's Ooh, very dreamlike, provocative, provocative, <laughs> evocative. Um, oh, and uh, so and I kind of like 
there's a couple couple tracks on, on this album that uses like more traditional sounding like piano um as opposed to just like you know straight kind of like keyboard synth kind of sound um yeah i and and gaussian is is, is one of those um and it's a very slow kind of introspective piece and i, I don't know there's just something i like about it it's just it uh it's very moody um it's just one of those pieces that kind of like you can like just sit and listen to and it just yeah i don't know it makes you stop and just kind of like analyze it a little bit more than than maybe some of the other kind of more up-tempo kind of tracks on this album yeah faster tempo uh tracks on this album. i mean i i agree i really like it too i i love how it starts i mean so for me, the fact that it starts with like the um, like the rainfall mm-hmm. noise sound effect just takes me to immediately to um, to Blade Runner. Yeah, like this this song could be playing. Yeah, during Roy Batty's like tears in the rain. Right, right, right. Uh, monologue at the end. Like it. Yeah. It it's just very ambient and like suit like you said super chill. And, uh, and it's, it's just, it's moods, you know, it's just, you could close your eyes and it just kind of transports you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's got like, I I don't remember if you said, but it's got like, yeah, some, some nice keys that kind of come in that really just, some more, it's like traditional, just enough to stand out over the, over the ambience Mm -hmm. that really just, man. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's. I don't even know how long it is. What it might only be a minute and a half. I think long. it's only like a couple minutes or, or less. Um, so it kind of it kind of lulls you into this state of like, into like almost like a dreamlike state, and then yeah. it it kind of startles you at the at the end yeah. of the track with this kind of it's garbled <laughs> pixelated kind of like explosion. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a record scratch. It's like yeah, Roy Batty. It's like if Blade Runner started with Roy Batty on the roof. And it played this song and he started talking and then all of a sudden it was like record scratch and he looked right at the camera and was like, I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. And then the rest of Blade Runner played oh my God. for two hours and 67 minutes. Now I want to see this this cut of Blade Runner. God, God knows there's enough fucking different cuts of that movie, but I want to uh, see yeah, this God, one now. I mean, Ridley Scott's got time enough to make 60 other fucking cuts. <laughs> you can make this one. Holy shit. Uh, that's good. That's good. I think his only question would be, do I leave in the narration or do <laughs> I take out the narration? Uh, and and I would say to that, I would say, get Rutger Hauer out of the grave and have him do a nor- narration <laughs> as Roy Batty. Uh, sweet baby Rutger. Poor guy. I miss him. I miss him. I miss him every day. <laughs> I actually, my, my PC, my PC is, uh, I built my own PC and it it, it is um uh Blade Runner aesthetic and it's nice. uh it's got a I have a Roy Batty uh Funko Pop in the case. <laughs> Looking at him right now. Nice. Um uh, the Tannhauser Gate. Did you uh were uh so that's the third track on the album. Did you have anything yeah. you wanted to talk about with the obviously World Line is kind of the intro track. There's not much going on there. Yeah. It's kind of like it's um, it's good. World Line is is good. It's again it's it's a lot more ambient. Yeah. Um 
so yeah, and then and the persuasion system, you know, the title track is really good too. Yeah, it kind of it kind of comes. It what I like about that one is it kind of ebbs and flows. It like starts, and it's got a it's got a cool baseline and kind of brings in some stuff and then pulls them back and then brings in some new stuff and then pulls them back. Um, but you know, both those tracks are really good and I like them, but they're not um, necessarily my favorite tracks. I right. do really like Gaussian. Yeah. Um, and then what I like about Gaussian is that it. Uh, with that, with that kind of yeah, that pixelated like sound blur that kind of stops everything, mm-hmm. um, rolls into what is, I don't know if it's my favorite track on the album. It's one of my favorite yeah, tracks. It, one it's of one of my top too. two probably. Ultra Fish of You is like right after Gaussian, and it is, it is. Uh, I mean, it's. It's one. It might be one of my favorite synth tracks. Like, period. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so well composed. It's so. It just takes you on a ride. It takes you on a journey. Yeah. In like three minutes. It's not even very long. It's. It's. You know. It's. It's maybe. It's maybe one. It's definitely one of the longer tracks on the album. It might be close to four, but. yeah, it's you know it comes in and it's got you know it's got these this detuned synth you know, and it's kind of panning in your headphones and then it's got this you know super slow bass and then the drum comes in, and it just and that's one of the things that I think listening to this album that I really appreciate from him, he's so that's another thing that kind of stands him to me up above and beyond some of these other synthwave artists is a lot of other synthwave artists are gonna just use like your standard, like a rock beat or, um, you know, just a classic, you know, doots, 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 <laughs> you know, um, or some variation on that. I mean, he, uh, you know, Seth really seems to take the time to come up with some, some truly n- nice and original beats for each one of his songs. And to the point where it's like, you know, it's really a, he's really got a nice percussion system, you know, that's almost like, you know, it's, it's symphonic, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's never just going to be a basic beat. It's never just going to be, you know, something that's super simple. It's going to be something different for every song. And then he's going to add in those layers of like, you know, your hi hats and your, your shakers and your, and, um, you know, all these different little things to kind of make it stand out. And I think this song, you know, when that beat comes in and it's a little bit different, it kind of gives me that that thing. But then he's also got in the melody, he does have, you know, on this one, it's got that same, you know, it's got that that futuristic, uh, that retro futurist kind of sound. It's got those dreamy kind of harp sounds that are that are very typical of the genre. Yeah, yeah. To kind of again pull you back into that, but you know the rest of the song is, is, is really elevated. Yeah. That's so I was going to kind of say that too. I mean, I didn't have a, like, you know, synth, synth and I mean, uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I think I've talked about this in past episodes. Like I'm not like a, a very musical person. Um, I've never played. Oh, we know. <laughs> I've never really done any, you know, played any, any instruments myself. So I don't know a lot of the terminology and things like that. Um, I, look, I'm here for the cocks, all right. Um, yeah, but I, as we I, all are, I love the music. I love listening to the music. I just can't speak to the music the way that like you can and and a lot of other people can. Um, but yeah, there is some, there's something about this track that I like a lot. It's hard to pinpoint what it is exactly. It, but it, like you were kind of mentioning, this does kind of go 
this does kind of draw a little bit on the more classic kind of synth uh, vibe and energy and, yeah. and that, that kind of beat to it. Um, but, you know, doing so in, still in, in its own kind of original in, original yeah. way. And, and I think, you know, so one of the, one of the things I love about, uh, Comtrues is that, you know, if you were going to pigeonhole him into a specific piece of the synth genre, you know, it would probably be closest to like an, like ambient, you know, it'd be like, he'd be like one of these more ambient type of artists that are kind of like, you know, in the Vangelis vein, um, and you know, that's why, you know, with Gaussian, we kind of talked about Blade Runner because that's, you know, it's ambient. Um, and so you get that on this track, you get that, that ambient feel where it's like, you know, it's just a mood, you know, but it's not so you know, a typical, your typical ambient track is just going to be like, and it's you know and it's going to be like it's going to have like a lot of effects on that and it's going to just be very slow and it's going to just kind of you know it's going to really rely on an interesting chord progression and a lot of layered effects and really just kind of setting a mood and he does that but he adds in a lot more layers to turn it into more of a not a pop song but more of a you know a, a digestible actual like you know, song that has a beginning and a middle and an end. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what makes it, you know, more, uh, you know, appealing to a, a broader audience. And, and this song to me, this, again, this song is just it. Number one, it might, it might be the best song on the album. It might be one of my favorite synth songs in general. And it's, it's just, it, it encapsulates both the mood of the ambient music you know, that you hear from some of these guys, but also captures the nostalgia, but also captures a whole like 21st century vibe of, you know, people, you know, making electronic dance music. So one of the, the other things I haven't mentioned, um, and we didn't mention with the midnight because the midnight is much more of a rock retro synth type of band. Yeah. Um, but Com Trues really pulls from, in some ways, modern electronic music and one of the concepts that permeates modern electronic music is you know the drop you know when the beat drops you know <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. the the whole song is meant to build mm -hmm. to this point where the beat drops and and the whole thing kind of comes together and it just gives you this this you know it's it's for all intents and purposes why one of the one of the reasons that mdma is associated with with electronic dance music because you're on this pill that makes you feel super good and then you listen to this music where yeah. the whole thing is just about building to this anticipation yeah, it's a high, and then when it's it a happens rush. it's like a release yeah, yeah it's this release and and he as a synth artist you know if you were going to put him in that synth wave genre he definitely does that part of having like a drop or kind of a build in right. his song right better than a lot of other people do you know yeah i mean he he really he really has that and and this song has that for sure and he you know he comes from he he's got that background uh like we mentioned earlier um like one of i i, I can't I, I don't think i mentioned this but like one of the or maybe i did um 
one of the first like concerts that he went to was a uh, was like a, a bass and drum kind of DJ set. There you go. Yeah. And yeah, that's what made that's actually what made him like want to get into electronic music was that like he was like because he he was someone who hadn't gone to a lot of concerts and right. he went to this he went to this concert and this uh bass and drum dj and he just saw he was in this space with all these people that liked the same music that he liked and and having that experience of, of being around people and 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 listening to that music and stuff it made him want to kind of kind of get into that as well and so like he definitely had and and he was he himself was a um a bass and drum dj there for for a little while prior to getting mm-hmm. into for to doing his own music and stuff like that and and so yeah. he definitely has that background and you can you can hear that you know you can definitely hear yeah. that in, in in a lot of his tracks and it, it yeah and and i think that that piece is what really it's like I mean, it's like the, it's like the bitters, you know, it's like that little thing in the background that like, the bitters is that, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like that little extra thing that you're just like, without it, you'd be like, he's pretty good. But with it, you're like, man, there's something else that makes him stand out beyond a lot of the rest of these people. And I don't know what it is, Yeah, but it's that, it's that vibe. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting you know, that, that comparison to cocktails, um, or just that that kind of secret ingredient that you're yeah that that, that flavor you know you you t- you taste the cocktail and you're like what is that you know I'm, and you're yeah. trying to pinpoint what it what it is like that what it is yeah. um you know that what, that, what it is <laughs> that is like oh man there's something there and it's special yeah and it's unique and it's it's calling attention to itself but it's also kind of like in the background a little bit. And you don't know, yeah, you don't know exactly what to make of it, but it's, you know, it's, it's making you, it's certainly making you appreciate, you know, whether it's the cocktail or whether it's the music, you know, it's making you appreciate it yeah. a little bit more. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's it, interesting, interesting point. Yeah. And as I said, I mean, a lot of the people that I know that, that like calm trues are not necessarily people that would typically like, right. You know? Yeah bass and drum or or synthwave or you know they just this just happens to be somebody like he he just puts out a, a type of music that just happens to be that thing but it's well composed and it ha- it pulls in from a lot of places and it it appeals to a lot of people yeah absolutely um so this one ultra one last thing i want to say about ultra fish view is it does it's it does have one of his rare music videos um oh yeah and it in the music video is super well done it's really it's it's just kind of a cool interesting little story about like um i think it was described as like the seasons of the human condition essentially like you know going from um uh, going from spring to summer to fall to winter that, you know kind of like that's the one you sent me humans. correct uh-huh that's the one you sent me yeah 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 that was watching that was watching good. human yeah. life kind of through the seasons but it's it's beautifully shot. And yeah, it is. He does have other he does have other uh, videos. He's got one from Iteration for I think the song Propagation, which is really cool. Um, and it's not the same. Does uh, you know? It's not the same. Uh, you know, artistic team that did those. I don't think. Yeah. But they're they both have a very they really capture the essence of his music in that they're both very, uh, you know, they're just very aesthetically shot 
uh they're they're really like little movies set to his music which is perfect for his music right um so i would definitely that i definitely recommend if you're if you're curious to to hear this song watch the music video because it's going to give you kind of everything all at once yeah um some you know move so let's move on yeah. what's, what's another song what's the song that you want to, you another song um, you want to talk about so i mean honestly two so, hours and 75 minutes of this song <laughs> so uh so yeah for really the next the next song on on the album that that really kind of stood out to me that i really enjoyed a lot um so i, I you know i there's three tracks in between ultra feast of you and and the track that i'm going to talk about and I don't really have a whole lot of notes on them. They're, yeah, they're they're good songs to listen to. I enjoy them. I enjoy the album as a yeah. whole. Um, but to me, it's the, definitely a whole. It's definitely a complete album. Yeah, yeah. But to me, the next the next track on the album that really stood out is uh, "Privilege Escalation," yeah. which is um, that's a lot. That is the longest track on the album, um, and yeah. it's just it's. It is. It's pretty epic. It's. Um, it is. It's. It. It's probably. It could be. It might be my favorite track on the album, next to, next to uh, Gaussian in uh, Ultra Feast of Views. Uh, 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 as we've said, is really great. Um, but uh, yeah, I just there. I, I love that track. Um, I. I don't even like. I don't. You have a lot more to say musically about about. Uh, you know, like like you did with with Ultra Fish View. I don't have any any specific things to really say. I just love that track. I think it's epic. I think yeah. it's it just it it, it yeah. it's to me it's it definitely stands out uh, amongst you know in, in, amongst the other tracks in this album. Like it's kind of it is definitely some of the, like you like you mentioned a lot of the other tracks are more ambient. This is definitely more of like a an epic bigger yeah. sound to it um which is funny though because it starts out super ambient yeah like the very first thing you hear is really ambient but then it it as it starts to progress it it gets yeah, yeah. way more it builds um, and yeah 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 so this is yeah I, I love this i love this track it's probably it's my favorite like uh it's my favorite track on the album that has that big that bigger kind of sound to it because some yeah. of the other tracks in in between ultra feast of you and and privilege privilege escalation are a little more faster tempo they're a little more percussion heavy um yeah some of their like uh i think existence schematic especially is is kind of it's very percussion heavy yeah, yeah. and faster very tempo. percussion heavy a little mm-hmm. and that, that one's a that, little more up tempo as well like more up more that's, of an uplifting of a yeah song. And that's one that definitely gives me like those Radiohead vibes. Like mm-hmm. that could be on, you know, like pieces of that could be on. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I didn't think about that, but I, I totally, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Was there any other tracks you wanted? I mean, did you want to talk about Privilege? Escalation? Yeah, yeah. Or? I really like Privilege Escalation too, and I think for me, it's like I said, it, it's the building. Mm-hmm. um it starts out super ambient and it's just kind of like you know i love synth, that i love know, that heavy synth yeah and then but and then it's just layer after layer it's like bass kicks in you know and then next thing you know you got this cool bass line and his bass lines are not 
I can't think of one song on here where it's like a driving bass line where it's like do 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 do. It's like all the bass lines are just kind of like funky, like weird weird timing, like you know, kind of all over the place. But they're they're super cool. And so the bass kicks in, and then the drum beat kicks in, and then right after the drum beat kicks in, maybe a measure or two, then it's like percussion, you know, and he's got some some shaker hi hat stuff going on, and then after that, then we start getting some like sound effects that kind of pop in and out. It's just like layer, layer, layer for like measure after measure, and then all of a sudden it just like breaks away, and then that's when like those bell that like the bells start. It's like it's probably obviously synth. He's playing it on right. a, on a keyboard. But it's like a it's like a bell, and I can hear it in my head. But it's like a bells, you know. It sounds like the almost bells. like tubular bells, like tubular you know bells. Michael Oakenfold or yeah. Is that what his name was, Michael Oakenfold? Oh, Oakenfold, yeah, right, o- yeah. Oakenfold. Um, and it's it's seriously it's just like bells, yeah. And then um, and then that kind of goes along, and then it's like, and then like we said, then the drop comes in, and it all just like swells back, yeah. and then it's like boom, it just hits. And then the rest of the song is just like in and out of all the all the all those different layers, and it's it's yeah, it's really good. And yeah. it's another. This is one that's definitely like, um, it starts out super super simple as far as how it builds on the layers, but then it the ins and outs at the end of things coming and going as far as the sounds and the and the various melodies that come in, gets really complex and, and yeah. it's it's a great song. Yeah, I mean, I think overall it's probably my, it probably is my favorite song in the album. Yeah. Um, because it's it's the longest it has the it has the, i think it's the most complex <laughs> because it's the longest i just really i just love long i'm fucking a simple songs. person <laughs> i just want something that lasts a long uh, time all right fucking um, american american pie is my favorite is my is my favorite song because it's 27 minutes long <laughs> Uh, I'm a simple man. No, but I mean, no, I, I like it because I can enjoy it for the longest. You know what I mean? Like, uh, right. Gaussian, yeah, you know, like, I, I love that track, but yeah. it's like over in less than two minutes or something like that. And, and so yeah. it's like, you, as soon as you get into Gaussian, it's, yeah, it's fucking like record it's like, scratch time. And you're it does like, like oh, the fucking like pixelated explosion. You're, so you're I, waking up, you're waking up in your sleep deprivation, your, uh, <laughs> your sensory deprivation chamber. <laughs> But no, I, I like privilege privilege escalation because it's just it. I think it's it's one of the more uh, uh, you know complex and in, yeah. intricate tracks. But I, I love I do I love that building. I love like the the yeah. the swelling and building and of like the mm. you know just the music and 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 kind of reaching those like just reaching those moments that kind of like you know you. You're you're seeing it kind of you're you're hearing it kind of build up and and then just kind of like you have that kind of that that kind of payoff like there's some songs um, that just kind of you know drone on a little bit more and that has its own kind of specific mood that is you know that can be very enjoyable um, and then yeah. there's other songs like this that you know that 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 have that 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 building and 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 then they have that payoff and and I like that a lot yeah. about this particular track um climax climate that climax action um yeah so i i didn't know if you wanted to talk about context or uh existence schematic or laconism or no not not outside of anything else i said i already said about them yeah you know existence schematic is really good i like that one too it's very bass driven like you said it's very positive and kind of upbeat Mm -hmm. um 
I, I do. So I guess moving on to the last track, mm-hmm. I do really like Departure. Me too. Yeah, me too. And I think the reason. I think we, so the I reason think I like it. Our four favorite tracks are the same. <laughs> Actually, it seems like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Um, the reason I love Departure is is because it's a slight departure from kind of the rest of the what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out again like a lot of it, not a lot, but some of his other songs where it's you know like super ambient, just a lot of effects, heavy synth to start, and but after like maybe a minute. 30 seconds uh it's like it's like a it's like a a a guitar like a 90s like alt rock guitar comes in and it's just like it's it makes the song it's Mm -hmm. like kind of unexpected and like in in nostalgic in a different way yeah and like really adds to the song in a way that is not conventional for this type of music um, and it's just, it's just really cool. Like the mel- the little melody that it plays and yeah. like, you know, kind of adds to that ambient because the, the synth backing, I don't think ever really changes throughout the track. It's mostly just this guitar that comes in and kind of yeah. plays something. And then, um, I think it, uh, I think there's a, either a second guitar or it kind of changes or something. I'm trying to remember. Um, but yeah, it's just <laughs> that whole vibe that that guitar brings yeah, or, or I- that, that guitar effect from the synth. I'm right, not sure right. which. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's uh, actually like, if he's actually like playing or like recording, you know, right. a real guitar, if it's like a synth thing. Um, but that was something I but had. It's cool. Had too. I, I had that noted down too. I was like, I was like, I love the use of guitar. I'm guessing <laughs> like question. Mark. Like, <laughs> right. I, I'm guessing You never that's know guitar. with these like, types of songs. Like if they get a good, if they get a good uh, effect going, it could be the, it, it could just be the keyboard, but it could yeah. very much be the real thing too. There's no way um, it's difficult to tell. Yeah, the, knowing him and and playing it live, I would assume that it's an effect right, on the keyboard. Right, but probably it could very well. He could very well be playing it on the guitar. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I had noted for the for this track was like it, it does. So it reminds me of like I said, I was like pure moods. Do you remember the? Do you Pure remember? Moods? Do you remember the? <laughs> do you remember those hi-yo, compilation albums? Like they had like infomercials hi-yo, for those. Hi-yo, who are you? Hi-yo, who are you? Oh shit! Oh, I remember. I remember. Like I recall those like late night infomercials for those like compilation yep. albums on CD, and you could order them. Yep. <laughs> oh yep. man, a lot of but Inya. There was a Inya, lot of Inya. On Inya. Those. Holy shit. Yeah, no, sail but... Sail away, sail away, sail away. <laughs> you know that that song is not called Sail Away? No, what's it called? I don't even know, oh, but it's not called on. Sail Away. You can't... That's a tease. Hey, you know, hey, you know that song, Sail Away? It's not called Sail Away. What's it called? I don't know. <laughs> it's called Orinoco Flow. Orinoco Flow. And the lyrics are here. Let me read the lyrics. Sorry, if <laughs> Seth, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but here are the lyrics to Orinoco Flow: Sail away, 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 sail away. And then there's a a short verse, and then it goes to turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, up, adieu, oh oh, turn it up, turn it up. So. Just some great lyrics. You'd be better <laughs> off listening to the no lyric, no vocal, Comtrues on Persuasion System. Yeah, I know. I love Departure, though. 
Um, it's a great closing track, um, similar to, to Gaussian. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like the that unique sound of the, you know, a, presuming, you know, that's the guitar or some, yeah, guitar sound effect on a keyboard or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that one a lot. So, I mean, those are... Gaussian, Ultrafiche View, Privilege, Escalation, and Departure are my, my four favorite tracks on the album, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's not to say, I mean, Gaussian I could trade off for any of the others. Persuasion System, Existence Schematic, you know, all those I love too. So, uh, you know, outside of Ultrafiche View, Privilege, Escalation, and Departure for me, it's like almost neck and neck for the rest of the album. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's persuasion system. Yeah, it's a good one by Sweet Baby Seth Haley, <laughs> aka Comtrues. One thing we didn't mention: he may be he may be done. Yeah, I I, I read some stuff on that. Um, I, I did I did listen to an interview. Um, I can't remember when it was from. I don't know if it was from if it was for this album or not. I don't think he's done. Um, I hope not. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he's from from the one of the last kind of interviews I listened to. It doesn't sound like he's done. He he's got yeah. he's got more things he wants to. He wants to do under this kind of like pseudonym, um, and so uh, from from I think I think the last interview I I listened to was f- was for this album. And he was talking about how he was really excited that he's like the most excited he's been to get back into the studio and like record uh, a new album. So, um, nice. so, I mean, I, and I don't know That's if he was exciting. referring to Indy K2, but I have a feeling that Indy K2, like we mentioned earlier, is kind yeah. of like another collection of like leftover tracks possibly. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what he comes up with next. We'll but. see. Yeah. I I hope not. I mean, I feel like he's 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 a he's a, you know, as far as compositions go, he's heads and heads and shoulders above a lot of the other artists, you know, in the genre. And I I feel like he's he's got a lot. He's got a lot more to give. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I I yeah. Iteration again, which we didn't talk about is a is another fantastic album. Um as is Persuasion System. And, uh, you know, obviously all of his albums are, are really good, but I feel like he's got, you know, he just keeps growing t- in my mind and, and he's got a lot, a lot to give. I mean, you look at like the guys from survive and they, you know, they did the, you know, stranger things soundtrack and, and you look at some of these other electronic artists and, and getting pulled into TVs and TV shows and movies and things like that. Like, I feel like, you know, with his, with his, his background and his knowledge and the way he's putting these songs together, he could absolutely do that. Um, oh yeah, and so I I just hope that uh, you know he doesn't just retire and he's like I'm done with music I'm going back to the to the ad agency or whatever it is, <laughs> um, but yeah, a big fan, big fan of the old Com Cruise. <laughs> so um, so what are we talking about next week? What are we talking? Wait, about what are we week? talking about? Next week? <laughs> oh, what are oh, we talking oh. about next week? Uh is this a big one? This is uh, this is this is one that you've you've been uh, creaming your jeans about for I, months now. I have. Um, 
So next week, we are going to do uh, part one of uh, a, a presumably a, a two-part a two-part yeah. deal on uh unless our unless our listener demands a third part <laughs> yeah. um we're gonna do part one of uh exploration into tiki cocktails and exotica mm. music i'm um, gonna be diving into that hot hot hoga <laughs> um yeah i i'm really excited for this one uh, and I, I'm I'm and I'm also really excited that um, you have now kind of dipped your toe into the to the hogo yeah. waters. <laughs> the hogo waters. Well, we talked about it. I think you know we talked about it uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but and and people and, don't and even I, know what we're talking about right now. Hogo. Yeah. Right. Well, we won't, and we're not going to explain it to them. No, we'll get into that next week. Next week. Um, but. One of the things I love about Tiki, and, and thank you for introducing me to it, but one of the things I love about it is the fact that rum, as I as we talked about with some of the other, uh, uh, you know, as red wine and and uh, and things like that. I think it was the um, it was the Twin Peaks episode where we talked about uh, some of the earthy flavors. And oh, some the of terroir. The, the, yeah, the the non the the flavors you t- can't typically eat or drink. Oh, uh, they yeah, come yeah. through in some of these alcohols and, um, and, you know, tiki cocktails and rum have a whole different level of that, that you typically can't, you know, get from eating food right. or from, from drinking, you know, it's got such a unique flavor that is, that is, you know, unlike anything else you can ingest. And it's just, and it's, and then the, and then the variety within that mm-hmm. is just so interesting. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love, I love like, again, I love all oh, this red wine tastes like shoe leather and tobacco. And it's like, okay, yeah. I want to know what that tastes like. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, uh, you know, with rum, so rum, rum is really interesting and, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in, 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 you know, part one and, um, and probably continue on into part two of, you know, Tiki and, and, and Exotica. Um, yeah. The rum is really interesting because it doesn't have a lot of the strict like regulations in terms of production. Right. So you have a you have a wide variety of types of rum and and flavors of rum from yeah. from different areas and you know you know because when you look at like whiskey it's it's you know it's a, it's a little more strictly regulated yeah. Um, a lot of whiskey, and I and I don't mean this. Look, I'm not I'm not like a I'm not a a whiskey connoisseur. I'm not a I'm not a uh, what's the word? Uh, I'm not a sommelier or you know that yeah. that kind Whiskophile. of that com, that kind of level. Um, but you know, I would say like if you gave somebody if you gave somebody five different whiskeys, just randomly pick five different whiskeys. And they drink them. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't have like an experienced palate or something would probably say that they all taste somewhat similar. Right. Whereas like rum, like can vary widely, like drastically from like whether you're talking about a Jamaican, like a high ester funky Jamaican rum or like a Demerara rum from uh, Guyana. Or if you're talking about, you know, 
um, you know, a, a Barbados rum or, or, you know, they're, they're, they're all so very, so very different or, or even, you know, going, you know, to the other kind of, kind of the other, uh, end of the spectrum with like Martin, like Martinique rum, like French Caribbean rum, uh, rum agricole. I mean, there's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's, it, there's, there's so much to learn about, about rum. And, and it, it's a very, to me, it's a very underappreciated spirit and, and has quickly become, you know, my absolute favorite base spirit to work with. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so next week we're going to talk about we're going to talk about tiki, which is its own kind of thing, uh, and 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 the music that really, you know, kind of goes along with it, um, which is exotica. And yeah, exotica. there's a, there's a ton of stuff to talk about. It's gonna be it's gonna be big, and uh, it's gonna be big. We already know it's gonna require a couple Our couple episodes. Show yet. <laughs> So it's going to require a couple cocktails too. I don't know if I'm, uh, yeah, we might not make it through an entire episode. No. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking a couple tiki cocks. Yep. So I'm, I'm super He's excited sleeping. for that. I'm, I'm very pumped. Uh, so join us next week for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to sip and spin with Luke and Andy. Cheers. Cheers.